Okay, so welcome to episode one. Wing It Podcast, <laughs> GooseDigital.com, episode four. Episode eight, what is marketing automation? So episode 22, 23, welcome back. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com, virtual edition. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 40. Episode 42, Cam? Michael Turksani. It's episode 46. I can't believe I just blurted out 45. Sounded better. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 50. 49. 49. All right. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 50, special edition. Who do we have? Bob and Kroll. Chris O'Neill. Jen Pugsley. Butler. Michael Turksani. Okay, so <laughs> the first time we've had all of us on one podcast. Normally we split Jen and Kev depending on the topic area, but today, because it's the 50th anniversary, We've been producing this podcast for 50 years. Is that what that means? No, <laughs> no, sorry. The 50th episode. <clears throat> and we thought, hey, let's change it up. Let's bring Jen into the, to the equation. We finally get to do a podcast, Jen. I'm so excited. I can't believe you guys haven't been on a podcast since we've done this. 50, that's crazy. The reason why we had four was because we had four microphones and pre-COVID and now we're virtual. So we really don't have to go with the four person limit anymore. So that's good to know. Um, we're talking about 2021. We wanted to do something kind of fun for this. We've been pivoting our messaging into performance marketing and how to drive marketing performance uh, in everything that you're doing in your marketing programs. And really what that means is, you know, the time, cost, quality, getting that efficiency and effectiveness out of every dollar spent in marketing and seeing that produce results for your business. So we thought, well, we could break down the funnel. There's five of us. We broadly look at five funnel stages as part of our strategy and execution process. So everyone here is going to die on the sword, picking one tactic, one big thing that they, that they think is the killer strategy for 2021 in their relative funnel area. And that's what we're going to do. Right guys. Yes. Now Kevin wanted to introduce the funnel. So why don't, why don't you do that Kev? Cause I know you love this funnel. This is your, this is something that you live and breathe. <laughs> this is something uh, Mike and I have been talking about for years. Mike's quick to uh, take a little bit of the credit for it. I'll give him some, but you know, the idea is we are trying to really um, create a model and a process that, universally most businesses can adopt and align um, marketing actions and tactics around in an organized state, right? And so I think in some cases, marketers get so in the weeds on, we have this activity and this activity, but it's never really correlated with uh, a central purpose around funnel stages, which at the end of the day, I think most marketers are measured on one of two things or both. It's either leads generated and revenue produced. And so in this case, what we're trying to do is align these marketing activities with how they actually go and generate leads or support the production of revenue. And so um, we talk about this a lot with our clients, with our prospects, and just generally all marketers out there. And I think 
for the most part, this is pretty accurate to what they're seeing and doing. Some might call top of funnel air cover, as we'll get into. We're trying to break them up to really showcase there's a value behind awareness and brand that isn't necessarily measured on lead gen. And I think that the, the activities around both stages, as we call them, are a bit different, but it's really exciting for us to align these marketing activities in these stages because I think it really helps show where the focus is for marketing organizations as well as where maybe it needs to go to support the business objectives and demands. So hopefully that's a pretty good introduction. I think producer Cam's gonna put a nice visual on for those who are watching this on our YouTube page. And if anyone's listening, definitely go to our website, goosedigital.com, and we'll be able to showcase the visuals in more detail there. Awesome. And we are actually rebooting our website. We'll be, we'll have, there'll be a new version of our site coming up that really aligns with this, this funnel and, and marketing performance concept that we're talking about today. Okay, so if I recall correctly, Robin Kroll is going to address the top, top, top of the funnel, which we are referring to as air cover. Robin, you have 30 seconds, go. No, I'm just kidding, you've got more than that, go. All right. So Erica, um, you know, I like how you said top, top, top bike because um, air cover is probably not a term that everyone is familiar with and they might not actually associate this with a typical sales and marketing uh, funnel. Um, but as part of our strategy, we absolutely feel it's part of the funnel. So air cover is really all about uh, building your brand awareness and notoriety. Right. So it's things like uh, newsletters, whether they're email, it might be even paper newsletters, your blog, um, social media. So like, a, a, you know, your, your company, uh, your company page on LinkedIn, for example, um, any editorials. So whether they are, um, you know, either you're paying for them or they're, you know, things like uh, white papers, uh, press releases, analyst relations, um, and any kind of, and your website. So, you know, as Michael mentioned, we're re redoing our website and that's all part of our air cover. So it's really about uh, communicating who you are as a brand and leveraging all these different channels so that both um, new prospective clients and as well as your existing cu customers are likely to see your content. Um, now, who owns AirCover? Um, now, interesting because typically marketing will uh, own the tactics around air cover, but because it's so fundamental to who you are as a brand, it's really important that senior leadership is involved from the very beginning. So I would say that it's really a partnership uh, between those two, uh, two parts of the organization. In looking at um, you know, what, what can brands uh, look to to 2021 when they're focusing on their air cover? Well, what I think is the, the biggest way for companies to succeed is to have a really clear brand value. That might, really, that might seem really old school and really basic, but sometimes you do have to go back to the basics. And I think air cover is one of the areas where that really, um, that really is true. Uh, and what I mean is that brands need to be really clear about their unique value proposition. Right? So what is the value that they deliver to their customers, whether it is based on a, a unique product they have 
uh, unique service or the way that they deliver it. Um, and that includes things like what do they look like? You know, having a, um, you know, a logo, colors, a website that communicates all of that out. Now, why is that so important? Well, you know, as we've seen during this COVID area, there's been so much information flying around in digital channels, really more than ever. And consumers can find that confusing. You want to make it as easy as possible for uh, your audience to understand what is it your company does and what the value is that they bring. So really make it very, very straightforward about what you do. Because if you don't, your competitor who might be selling a similar product, delivering a similar service, if they can communicate that much more quickly, guess what? That's where your audience is likely to go. So what does that mean? You know, having that, that, that value proposition and communicating it out, um, really understanding what makes you uh, unique. So talking about things like your expertise, your people, uh, community involvement and social responsibility. Again, two things that I think have really emerged over the last couple months and they've become differentiators for a lot of companies. And that is something that a brand can totally own and that will make them uh, different. Doesn't happen overnight. It's not like you decide one day, this is what my brand is and you're gonna deliver it. So it does require um, you know, some thought uh, to it, but it's very much worthwhile taking the time to, to get that out there. So that's my recommendation for succeeding. All right in 2021 it's a good one it's what we're doing right now we're going back to brand and tuning all that up so that we can go go down the funnel and actually leverage leverage that in a cohesive way so top of funnel i guess that's mine right so we said so. yep yes okay so this is really about i think i think people would understand this one as being driving leads if you're if you're a b2b you know lead generation the creation of, of mqls so that's really what we're looking at here at the top of funnel in terms of who owns it i mean marketing tends to own it uh first and foremost i would say that more and more they're they're working their way down the funnel and i know kev will get into a little bit of that but certainly squarely marketing's job is to drive um, a solid influx of qualified leads, marketing qualified leads into the business. So there's a variety of tactics that um, people are doing, but I'd like to, to go really sort of micro or, or specific on a tactic. And I would say that this is probably a B2B, more of a B2B thing than anything else, but really around LinkedIn. So looking at how you would typically run events. Um, one of the things we found this year running our own events and, um, and other programs for customers is really how powerful LinkedIn can be bringing in quality and cost-effective uh, leads. Uh, so things that would meet your, you know, your cost per lead criteria and your obviously your MQ, MQL criteria. LinkedIn's, LinkedIn has that has that nailed down and we're doing that in, in sort of two ways one the targeting obviously is is the starting point and that that builds on your ability to define your target within the network and do a really good job at at isolating um, an audience that you think makes sense for your business but then we're doing it in two ways in terms of actually driving out those leads one is driving traffic to the website 
and asking them to, or landing page and asking them to sort of register and engage through that process from a, from a, a landing page perspective, or actually through LinkedIn's built-in form submits. And I would say that that for 2021 has absolutely got to be part of your plan. The, the breadth and depth and the quality that we're seeing coming through uh, from, a, from a top of funnel on LinkedIn is, um, is, is very impressive. And I think it's, it's, it's only going to get better as more and more organizations take that platform seriously and, and have staff and, and, um, and, and other constituents on there engaging in the content all day long. So I would say that's the number one tactic that, that we'll definitely be investing in, in our, in our MQL programs for next year. And I would say that that's something that you guys should be looking at. Nice. All right. So next is middle of funnel. All so right. that's my that, is that you? Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to talk about middle of funnel. I think this has become uh, somewhat unexpectedly, a bit of a passion project of mine. Um, and I think the more we talk with marketers, whether they're hyper growth marketers in the B2B space or whether it's more modest growth in a more mature sector, middle of funnel in my mind is probably the least served or most underserved component of the entire funnel. I think most organizations have a good handle on top of funnel activities, some of the stuff Mike mentioned just before, or even other like, you know, paid search ads, et cetera. And I think, as Chris will talk about, a lot of organizations also know how to go and close uh, an opportunity where there's a, a readily, easily to be identified sales cycle. I think the middle of funnel is the kind of the unknown, and it's really a mix between process and technology that supports the alignment of both marketing and sales. So this is really cool to get to talk about it. And I think, you know, looking forward into 2021, this is going to be the area for growth B2B organizations to really get a firm handle on to power and supercharge their growth. So for me, I think it's a kind of a dual ownership thing here between marketing and sales. I do think marketing predominantly owns it, but it's gotta be in lock sync with sales because there is that sort of handoff and transition as you move the lead from taking it at the top of the funnel and moving it into the bottom of the funnel. And so to me, it really comes down to the ability to identify ready to engage with leads. And so every organization has different metrics around as their SALs or SQLs. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this is where you're relying as a marketer on technology to identify engaged leads. You have leads that you'll drive at the top of the funnel, just like Mike talked about, where there's intent-driven searches or actions. You can immediately move those leads into bottom of funnel, and your sales team will know exactly what to do with them. They will close, I don't know, a quarter of them, maybe a third of those, and that's great. However, there are also leads that you're going to drive that are pretty good. They meet MQL qualification standards, and they're not quite ready yet. So really what it comes down to is having a really strong and tight nurture program, whether it's three emails, five emails, maybe as many as nine or 10, whatever you think you need to properly tell your story, build the value proposition, give customer testimonials or use cases to how your product or service can be applied relative to their needs in business. And then be able to measure that kind of engagement, even through the basics, whether it's email opens or clicks, website visits, and legitimate calls to action within those nurture threads to identify who's engaged. And so one thing I say to clients a lot is when you go and put leads through that kind of nurture track, there's really three outcomes. The first outcome is that lead raises his or her hand and says, we're ready for sales. Perfect. We all know what to do. But then the, the next two groups are really the key, right? It's, like, it's identifying and separating the leads who are engaged with what's going on 
and the leads who aren't. The ones who aren't, you have your work cut out for you. You need to just continue testing and engaging different methodologies and messaging to try to see what sticks and what doesn't. That's going to be some hard work. You're just going to have to go in, guess, and test. The middle group there where there's some engagement, it's going to be really key for marketing to go and understand what is the kind of engagement, how much is going on, can we create a scoring model whereby you can identify these are the most likely candidates to take the next sales call or to pass on to sales for them to do their thing. And I think that's the process and technology marriage that's got to be prevalent in your marketing funnel as you think about going to 2021 and supercharging your sort of opportunity growth and ultimately uh, pipeline generation. So that's something I'm really, really passionate about. We're seeing that a lot in, in our conversations and marketers hit me up if you want some help because we're doing a lot of great things for a lot of great organizations there. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Kev. That's great. Bottom of funnel. This is uh, Christopher O'Neill. Hey, if I recall correctly, is that, is that correct? You're correct. You're absolutely correct, Mike. Um, All right. So bottom of funnel. Um, so one of the things that, that I think uh, we can, can agree is like not an acceptable thing to do at bottom of funnel is those, those uh, emails or phone calls that are like check-ins because check-ins totally suck on both ends of the spectrum. So you've got, you know, those customers that you have talked to that, you know, you've walked through, um, you know, the process of moving them into an SQL. And so when I think about an SQL, I think of our internal process of kind of moving a, a somebody that has, you know, come in through either a LinkedIn campaign, they've come in managed by marketing all the way up to the status that, that they've achieved that SQL uh, status within our system. And then from that point on, it's like, what did they engage with? How is it that they are like, what are they interested in, in terms of the uh, services and so forth that we, that we provide and walking them through a educational process, you know, all the decks and all that kind of stuff to the point where it's like, well, we have an understanding of what the budget is. We have an understanding of what it, uh, what, what it's going to take for them to be successful with a program and then silence. Then it's like, so, you know, we've, we've kind of like kept things very much, um, you know, everything's, everything's been understood seemingly. Everything has been sort of all the bases have been touched. Our sales process is very tight. And so we, we get all the check marks all the way through. And then for some reason, after that proposal goes out, it's quiet. Mm -hmm. so that, you know, so who owns that? Well, it's me because I already took the SQL from uh, marketing and, uh, and I'm walking that. Now, I can re-engage marketing and I, and I would say that, yes, I own that, that, uh, that SQL and I own that bottom of funnel, but I also need help from marketing. And what I need help with is sort of like just that last bit, like that, just that last bit that says, you know, this is not a mistake you know, yes, it's going to be, you know, it's going to cost you budget. Yes. You know, you're, you're, it's going to be, you know, there's, there's effort on your part uh, in order to make this work, but you know, it's a good decision. So to me, the one thing that I think makes a lot of difference in that, at that end of the, of the process is there are those case studies, those, uh, those samples and examples of, you know, even if we took like sort of the top three type of uh, situations where we're able to deliver value back to a customer, I think that would be my, my sort of 
my final, my final sort of moment would be, listen, we've walked through all this, everything is good. Like, you know, are you just thinking, you know what, how can I be absolutely sure that this is the right move for me? Having a case study that would absolutely like, you know, just hammer that point home would be, in my opinion, the, uh, the coup de grace. That would be the thing that would just sort of finalize because, um, you know, you're reinforcing those messages that you, that you made at the beginning, like, you know, Robin going through the, the sort of the air cover piece. We're reinforcing that through the middle of funnel, through all of the communication through there. We get to sales and we just reinforce that one more time with that final sort of moment of this is what you're going to get. This is the kind of, uh, the kind of uh, results that you can expect. Not because we're saying so, but because our customers are saying so and because it's clear in the, you know, and evidenced by our case studies. So to me, that's going to be uh, the thing that I'm going to be uh, dying on in uh, 2021. Good. That's what we want. We want these to be live or die tactics. Um, yeah, I think it ties in nicely to the next area, which is really the customer and, um, you know, retention and growth. And we're going to let Jen dig into that one. So, Jen. Yeah, customer, customer marketing. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, untapped opportunity with customer cam uh, customer marketing and campaigns. You know, we saw a lot of that um, this year for sure. I think who who owns it? It's a bit of both sales and marketing, and I think there's a collaboration onus on service teams um, to kind of surface all of those those pain points. But um, you know, I think the true benefit is you transition from what we kind of see as traditional marketing, digital marketing to a fundamental communication tool that really is, is there to support your customer and also your, your service team. So I think like you can look at the common ones that are new customer welcome or onboarding communications, um, additional products and features or, 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 or upsells that you, that you have, um, Re renewals and referrals and then into like customer satisfaction. But I think that, you know, to help you get started with looking at how to approach customer marketing is to really look at your existing service timeline and how you've done that offline today and kind of trying to build, um, honestly, your own funnel and how you would, how you would approach that um, through email and, and other channels like text and, and social. So I think if I had to like really pick one that was critical for this year, I think renewals hands down is um, tons of opportunity. I think that um, it's a time when your customers are shopping around and, you know, right now or, or, you know, even before, depending on the type of business that you have, you don't really have a lot of that kind of face-to-face -face relationship building. And there's so, so much that can be leveraged by adding those touch points, adding that personalization and getting back in front of your customer um, within well, well, well before renewal. Um, I think that it's sort of expected now I think that we're seeing so many different things when, when we run these campaigns for our customers, there's a lot of positive responses, like 
particularly if we're using text-based approach and there's not like a lot of marketing aspect to it, we can see customers responding back to say, oh, thank you. Or, you know, they're reaching out to, to really, to really, you know, come forward with this. This was a, this was a, a welcomed communication. Um, and it gives you opportunity to educate your client. So um, you can pop in education there. You can just tons of, tons of uh, positive. I think it's a, it's a really good communication to start with versus some of the other ones that, um, that are kind of part of that pipe. I think common metrics, I think um, some of the things you should be looking at in terms of success would be deliverability. So it's again, fundamental, fundamental, look at it as a fundamental communication tool. So you're going to want to, you know, look at your deliverability rates um, and make sure that those are strong. You're going to want to look at if it's email, you're going to want to look at open rates um, and click through rates. If you're, if you're asking them to do something as part of this um, renewal and then kind of going back to what Kevin said is starting to really look at your customers in an engagement funnel. Who, who is engaged with these communications? Who kind of needs warming up? Maybe they need an, a, another communication of choice. Maybe they prefer text message or something else versus, versus um, email. So lots of, lots of a whole untapped opportunity with customer marketing and, and how that would actually alleviate workload from your service teams, but also maintaining that relationship um, personalized feel as if, as if a service person did pick up the phone and try to secure a renewal appointment or, or so on. So. Well, I think that's really important. I'm so glad Jen that we could talk about customer and I couldn't think of a better person to do it, but I think we've talked about this a lot for probably a few years now and we're not the only ones with this idea that marketing really owns that end to end journey, which also includes the customer in the form of upsells and cross sells, but probably the most important part, and to your point on metrics, renewals. And I definitely think marketing is starting to see some level of KPI extending into renewals and being measured on that. I think that's a really big chunk there. So I, I think that's going to continue to happen more and more across all kinds of industries and verticals. And that's just another piece of where marketing needs to slot in with process, technology, people, and talent, and cross-functional relationships with sales, service, and possibly even executives to tie that all off and create a wonderful, memorable experience for the client. But I love that call out. All right. That's great. So we went through the funnel. We did it. Did it. 50th anniversary, <laughs> 50 years of Wing It podcast. <laughs> We've been we doing it for 50. 50 years for Jen and I to do another podcast. That's really the question, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, 50 more years. And just Let's try for 50 more podcasts, right? And then see if we can last the 50 more So years. anything else that stands out in terms of the funnel or the, you know, the interconnections or, you know, anybody want to throw, throw something else, open dialogue for a few minutes? I'm going to throw out one thing. I know you know what I'm thinking. Uh, because I think it touches every single step on the funnel and, that, and that's data, right? So if we're, we're in this world where there is data is relevant at every single stage so I even think from the the air cover perspective where a lot of your outreaches is somewhat untargeted because you don't know exactly who's going to be receiving your message 
um, you do know the types of customers that you do want to, to reach, um, and that's going to be based on the data that you uh, from your existing customers on your value proposition. I think we talk of the more typical steps within, you know, the top of funnel, middle funnel, bottle of funnel, bottom of funnel, you know, data. Every time you're going through one of those stages, you're capturing more data and, and companies that are not leveraging that data. So as you're going down, your message becomes even more relevant and personalized. You're missing out and most certainly in the customer. And when there, there's so much you do know about that customer, um, integrating that data so that conversation is, is uh, relevant, it's warm, it, uh, it, it really conveys the fact that you know who that customer is and data is really key to, to all of that. Yeah, I, I'd like to throw out one too. I think that goes with, with what Robin is saying. I think for, if anything in 2021 or the beginning is at least look at look at your your whole process in this funnel. I think you know since Kevin built it, I I certainly find it helpful. Our customers find it helpful. I think that just you can see how overwhelming <laughs> all of the different areas are. So I think by putting it into something like this is is helpful in itself. It shows balance too, right? Like if you were to if you were to stagger across whether it's a quarter or even a full calendar year, all of the activities and initiatives you're running and attribute them to one of the, as we call it, five stages, you can see where maybe you're a bit heavy. Like if you're really successful driving top of funnel using Mike's tactics and more, well, you've got to have some level of tactic or activity in middle of funnel to help bring through some of those leads to go feed sales. And so I think it forces diversification of where your attention goes and how you serve the funnel. But ultimately, if marketers are talking like that to their executive team and saying, this is how we look at the whole year relative to our understanding of sales cycles and the kinds of um, lead generation requirements we have, that's a really sophisticated, mature marketing team. And I think the executives would all be behind the efforts there and just better understand what marketing is doing from a value add to the business perspective. 100%. I also think it helps you set expectations around your your primary objective and how you're measuring that primary objective at each stage, right? So if you're, you know, going back to say middle of funnel and, and maybe air cover, cause those ones I think are, are, you know, they, they deserve a bit of a call out given just, just because top of funnel kind of is more understood, you know, from driving MQLs, but on the middle it's, it's, you know, the marketing teams into your point, Kev, you know, those buckets, it's like when you're in that nebulous bucket of, we don't know if you're engaged, and your, your goal really is to drive SQLs in that process, then the marketing team has a clear objective. I mean, they do need to think about those different pieces of creative and that different, different content or messaging that may move the needle in that area. And I think, you know, looking at air cover to sort of Robin's layer earlier, we're not trying to drive leads. And if what we're trying to ultimately do is achieve 250,000 video views, you know, every half year, on LinkedIn at, at seven or eight cents a view, you know, that's really what we're measuring. So we can help people understand that, you know, that's our, you know, maybe some of that'll bleed off and we'll get some orders, but fundamentally our goal is to get eyeballs and really get our brand digested by people. So I, I like, you know, I think it also helps everyone, you know, create balance the number on the one end, but also just manage their expectations to say, you know, we were never really trying to get leads or sales from this, from this particular tactic. 
but wow, we actually did meet our objective of a million impressions, brand impressions or whatever that happened to be. Well, even in some industries that are 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 hard, are handcuffed because they they can't be in growth mode right now. We see a lot of that with specific industries that we work with that they've gone through phases where they've said we're going to pause growth, right? So, sure. but we, but we can't we can't turn off air cover because these things are really important to our business and our brand and our image. And we also can't yes. turn off customer marketing because the revenue that we are getting and the retention that we are getting is coming from customer marketing. So there's all these yeah. things playing together. So I just want to thank you guys for <laughs> making wing it podcast, the top rated digital marketing podcast in the world <laughs> without you, our audience. You're speaking to our without, audience. Yeah. yeah. I mean, without, well, I'm speaking mainly to, to the four of you, but I guess our audience too. Yeah. They deserve a call out all your engagement and, and direct messages on YouTube that I get every day I'm responding to a hundred or a thousand. So we're, we're the number one rated digital marketing podcast in the world because of the four of you guys. I'm, I've been adding some value. Cam's been adding way more value than I've been adding and uh, our audience. So thank when, you. When is the audience going to meet Cam? Thank you. Is that a, thank you. Thank you. What is the audience going to meet? 100th podcast. Yeah, 100th podcast, exactly. All right, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Peace.